Support for Kansas City Today comes from Cleveland University, Kansas City. From its roots as a chiropractic college to new degree programs in health sciences, CUKC is educating healthcare professionals focused on next-level health. Learn more at cleveland.edu slash impact. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Monday, September 12th. Coming up, Americans are driving way more recklessly than they did before the pandemic. In Kansas City, driving under the influence, recklessness, and speed are up sharply. But when we're stopping people going 120, I mean, that's if they stop. So the new trend is high speeds, not stopping for the police. What the federal government might do about the surge in deadly driving since the pandemic. Plus, Congress is spending billions to help states stop pollution from abandoned oil and gas wells. We'll look at how that will help Kansas clean up after companies that no longer exist. But first, some headlines. Wearing a mask doesn't hinder most social interactions, according to a new study from the University of Kansas and Wellesley College. Rose Conlin of the Kansas News Service reports. Researchers asked a group of college students in a lecture hall to strike up a conversation with someone they didn't know. This was in 2012, before the COVID-19 pandemic politicized masks. Half wore face masks and half didn't, and that had little impact on the quality of their interactions. Now a decade later, researchers published the data in the Journal of Applied Social Psychology to help combat misinformation about masks during the pandemic. The CDC currently recommends masking in indoor public places in 13 Kansas counties. It's the time of year when monarch butterflies migrate through the Midwest. Harvest Public Media's Eva Tesfai reports on how butterfly tagging events are helping more than just monarchs. The Missouri Department of Conservation and Monarch Watch in Kansas are both holding events this month where the public can help catch, tag, and release butterflies. Austin Lambert, a naturalist at the Missouri Department of Conservation, says that the data collected from tagging is valuable, but the opportunity to teach about all pollinators is even better. It's kind of the poster child for a lot of these other critters. It's one that you recognize, people get excited about. He says events like these help bring attention to conservation practices that help monarchs and other pollinators and restore native plants. Tagging is important as researchers have noticed a drop in monarch populations in recent years. U.S. roads are more dangerous now than they've been in a generation. Traffic fatalities are running at a 20-year high, and KCUR's Frank Morris reports that's despite the fact that cars are safer than they've ever been. Hundreds of people turned out in Grandview last week for the funeral of Charles Crenier, a devoted father of 10. I invite you to stand and sing with us again. Crenier was out for an early morning bike ride when a hit-and-run driver slammed into him from behind. He was pronounced dead at the scene, just 43 years old, a beloved husband, teacher, and coach, says his brother Eric Crenier. He was the best brother ever. And I'll miss you, Charlie. I love you. I'll forever miss you. And this kind of thing happens over and over again, every single day, all over the country. Mark Chung with the National Safety Council says car wrecks killed almost 46,000 Americans last year. That's like a regional jet crashing every day. The 10% jump in deaths last year was the worst increase on record, and the fatality rate is still climbing. And this is a massive reversal. 
The grim spike in deaths follows a long, persistent decline since the 1970s, driven by huge advances in vehicle safety features, road design, and seatbelt compliance. It's devastating. Kathy Chase, president of Advocates for Highway and Auto Safety, says the pandemic seemed to set it off. Our roadways were turned into racetracks, and excessive speed really went up, up through the roof. And uh, more people were driving while impaired. Chase says that motorists messed up on drugs and alcohol or distracted by their cell phones and not wearing seatbelts are driving the sharp rise in traffic deaths. That squares with the careless, aggressive driving that Police Sergeant Corey Carlisle sees here in downtown Kansas City. Carlisle says most deadly crashes used to happen on major highways. Now he says they're common on these city streets. But when we're stopping people going 120, I mean, that's if they stop. So the new trend is high speeds, not stopping for the police. The police here, like many places, are short-staffed. They're making fewer stops, and for safety's sake, they won't get into a high-speed chase just for a traffic violation. But Carlos says Kansas City cops are making close to triple the number of impaired driving arrests. And the people they're arresting are generally higher than before. We've seen an increase in drug-impaired driving, where people will smoke marijuana. We've seen a, a, a rapid increase in fentanyl. And usually it is combined with another drug, such as marijuana, or with PCP and sometimes heroin. And though newer cars are safer for passengers, they're often bigger, faster, and heavier than they used to be, making them more lethal for everyone else. And if you're driving a 3,000-pound vehicle at 50 to 100 miles an hour, you're weaponizing that car, and you're the one pulling the trigger. And this is primarily an American problem. Mark Chung at the National Safety Council says no other developed countries are seeing a surge in traffic fatalities. In fact, they're seeing decreases in, in road fatalities. So we're not doing something right. But Chung says the U.S. may be on the verge of turning things around. Last year's Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act will eventually require new cars to come with better headlights, terminology aimed at preventing drunk driving, and to incorporate European pedestrian impact design standards that make cars a little less deadly to cyclists and walkers. And they'll have automatic braking systems that fire when a car is about to hit something. This technology is to assist the driver in recognizing that obstacle. And if you're not fast enough to apply the brakes, it will do that for you. That's going to save lives. In fact, a system like that could have spared Charles Crenier, the Grandview father of 10, killed when he was hit by an inattentive driver. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Frank Morris. Kansas will speed up its work to seal thousands of abandoned oil and gas wells that can pollute groundwater and the atmosphere. Kansas News Service reporters Celia Yopis-Jepson and Blaze Mesa explain. So Celia, Kansas has its work cut out for it. There are thousands of old oil and gas wells scattered across the state that aren't sealed properly. Why? Yeah, so part of it is that Drilling has been going on for a long time in Kansas. Uh, the, the oil and gas industry has been active here for 150 years. And wells, when wells become unprofitable, operators have at times walked away from them without closing them properly. So we have a situation where landowners keep stumbling on these uh, unplugged, abandoned wells. What do you mean stumbling on them? 
a lot of these wells predate modern record keeping and, you know, our modern um, state regulation system for the oil and gas industry. So, uh, so yeah, they sometimes these wells come as a surprise. People don't know that there are old wells on their property, but they might see see something that is a clue, such as a pipe or another giveaway above ground. Other times, there's not really anything that you can see above ground, uh, but you might see something weird like a wet spot in a field that keeps bubbling. And abandoned wells are an existential threat to the environment, right? These wells can leak methane into the atmosphere. So methane is a very powerful greenhouse gas. But on top of that, there are a lot of other effects that are very problematic. You know, the pipes can fail. um, So if they are cracked, they're letting in groundwater effectively, fresh water can disappear down those pipes forever. Sometimes the pressure can change and fluids can rise from the bottom of the well bore and then contaminate the surrounding area. Uh, Just last summer, a utility worker uh, found an abandoned well just 15 feet from a stream about an hour south of Kansas City in Lacine. Okay, so what happens when one of these is found? Well, Kansas has to investigate, figure out who's responsible for the well. But it's possible that the company no longer exists or that there's not great record keeping to figure out, you know, who would be responsible for the well with some of these old ones. Now, the agency that's in charge of regulating the oil and gas industry in Kansas, that's the Kansas Corporation Commission, They say that uh, there are about 11,000 wells that they know of in the state that need to be dealt with. Um, And they do collect fees from the oil and gas industry to help with that, but it's not that much money. So Kansas only plugs a couple hundred abandoned wells per year. But Kansas is about to pick up the pace. Fill us in. Congress has earmarked billions of dollars to... uh, to to do this nationally, right? This isn't just a problem in Kansas. There are abandoned wells all across the country. Kansas will get $25 million to start. And with that, it hopes to plug 2,300 wells over the next two or three years. The vast majority of them are in eastern Kansas, um, all the way from the Kansas City and Lawrence area down to the southeastern corner of the state. And then there are about 100 of them in central and western Kansas. After that, it's seeking uh, another $33 million from the federal government, so it will make a second push. So it looks like Kansas could plug maybe half of the sites that it knows about right now? Yes. So the, the state is expecting that this money is going to deal with a significant chunk of, of their to-do list. Uh, but no matter what, thousands of unplugged abandoned wells will still be on the list. Celia, thanks so much. Thank you, Blaze. That was reporters Celia Yopis-Jepson and Blaze Mesa. The Kansas News Service reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love, Trevor Grandin, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Frank's story on traffic fatalities and Celia's story on Kansas oil wells, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Tomorrow, we'll hear how a new national mental health hotline is impacting Missouri. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.
Hey, thanks for listening to Kansas City Today. This daily news podcast brings you the top news in Kansas City each weekday morning, and it's only possible thanks to you. As a nonprofit news station, KCUR relies on individual donations to make this podcast. So we don't depend on advertisers, we depend on you. If you haven't already, you can support our work with a donation at kcur.org support. And thank you.